Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, may the words in my mouth and may the thoughts and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, by a quick show of hands, uh, how many of you have ever had to call customer service uh, to get some help? You know, one of those, uh, yeah, most of you, those numbers that you call uh, to get in touch with your bank, uh, maybe uh, your car insurance company, uh, the billing department of your doctor's office. Uh, these are the sorts of numbers uh, that I want you to think about. And I could ask you uh, if you called those places and actually got some help. Uh, but instead, I, I simply want you to think about what the experience is like of calling customer service. Maybe you can picture it in mind. Uh, you, you dial this number hoping uh, to get some help. And then the phone rings and rings and rings some more. And that's when, uh, when it seems like there's no hope left, someone finally picks up the call. But it's this voice that says, your call is very important to us. And that's the only the beginning of uh, the gauntlet that is calling uh, customer service for help. I mean, you have to think of things like uh, para espanol, oprime dos. And then if you're lucky, uh, the voice on the other end of the line is going to give you some options. You know, press one for this, press two for that. Uh, but if you're not so lucky, uh, then you're going to have to listen to things like uh, this company's address. Uh, it's hours of operation, the place that you can go uh, to visit their website, a website that maybe you've already visited and maybe hasn't answered your question. And then you do all of this uh, just to be put on hold as you wait for a customer care representative who is helping other customers. And, and then when someone finally does pick up the phone, uh, the best scenario looks something like this. You speak to this human, and they're able to answer your question. Uh, but you see, uh, so often when you do this, uh, it's just the first of a number of interactions that end something like, let me put you on hold while I transfer your call. Uh, this set of experiences where you get tossed around from one department to another uh, and thrown about. So I'm sure all of us uh, can think about what the experience is like of calling customer service for help, you know, where you have some sense of what your need is, uh, but then what it's like to not receive help. Or even more than that, uh, what it's like to hang up the phone after an hour and one in the first place. And I bring all of this up uh, because uh, it's to people in situations like this uh, that Jesus reveals himself uh, in today's reading. And, uh, and there's four things uh, that I want you to notice uh, that Jesus does in today's reading. See, when Jesus encounters people like this, he sees them, he has compassion, then he gathers them together, and finally, uh, he sends them out. There are four things uh, that Jesus does in today's reading. And in just a moment, I want us to explore each of those things, uh, but I think a little bit of context about today's reading is, uh, is kind of helpful. You see, uh, we find ourselves uh, right in the middle of Matthew's gospel. And Matthew organizes his gospel in a very intentional manner. You see, he starts uh, with the story of Jesus' birth and baptism. And Jesus ends his gospel uh, with the story of Jesus' uh, crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. And in the middle of his gospel, it's all organized around these five sermons. 
Now, these five great sermons that Jesus tells. And so you've got uh, sermons like the Sermon on the Mount, and then the, the Great Missionary Discourse, or uh, oh, oh, this collection of parables. These are just three of the five sermons that Jesus tells. And, and in between each of these sermons, there's a whole bunch of action. And so today, uh, we find ourselves uh, right uh, in between two of these sermons, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, his first sermon, and the Missionary Discourse, his second sermon. We find ourselves kind of near the end. And so we're wrapping up this section with all this action, and then we're launching ourselves into uh, Jesus' second sermon, where he prepares uh, his 12 disciples to be sent out and to continue the ministry uh, that he has already started. And you see... uh, Uh, I say all of this uh, because uh, I want you to notice uh, all the action that's happened. Because the action that's happened shows us who Jesus has been spending time with. As he uh, travels around the Sea of Galilee, as he ministers to people, as he, as he tells them about the kingdom of God. You see, uh, during this time, uh, Matthew chapters 8 and 9, here are all the things that Jesus does. He cures a man with leprosy. He unparalyzes the servant of a centurion. He heals a whole bunch of people, uh, including Peter's mother-in-law. And then he calms a storm. He exercises not one, but two demons. And then he unparalyzes uh, the second man uh, that he encounters in today's uh, reading. And then he calls Matthew to be one of his disciples, at which point uh, he answers some questions about fasting, raises a dead girl, heals a sick woman, and then restores the sight and hearing to people who are blind and deaf. Jesus spends all sorts of time with all sorts of people, and it shows us the kind of people uh, that he's been spending time with. Ordinary, everyday people. You know, people like Matthew, this guy who works for the Roman government, or people like a a Roman centurion, or, or all sorts of other people, people who are sick, people who are hurting, people who have all sorts of other needs. And all of this is, uh, is to help you see yourself among these people, because in at least a few ways, we aren't that different from them. And so that's the, the context uh, for today's reading. Uh, Jesus uh, is speaking to a whole bunch of people who aren't so different from us. And then I said uh, that Jesus does uh, four things in today's reading. Four things uh, that speak powerfully and particularly into lives like ours. And the first of those things is, uh, is that Jesus uh, sees these people. I don't know you, but this part uh, seems uh, pretty simple and pretty obvious uh, to me. I mean, uh, many of them are standing right in front of him. But what Matthew is talking about here isn't simply seeing these people's bodies. It's seeing their need. And the way that, uh, that Matthew describes their need, the way that Matthew describes these people is, is harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless. And it, uh, it turns out that there's some really important nuance uh, behind uh, each of these words. You see, the word uh, harassed uh, comes from a Greek word uh, that literally means to flay or, or to skin. Now, it's not used literally in this passage. I mean, the, the people in Jesus' day, they're not literally flayed and skid. Instead, they're metaphorically flayed and skinned. Metaphorically uh, flayed uh, by disease. 
skinned by isolation and harassed again and again by things like economic hardship, you know, things that, uh, that we might actually be able to relate to. And so that's the first word that Matthew uses. The second word he uses uh, is helpless. And, and this word, it comes from a Greek word uh, that means to be tossed around or thrown about, which is what makes me think about calling customer service, except these people aren't tossed around and thrown about on the phone. They're tossed around by grief. They're thrown around by injustice. They experience the helplessness that comes from from leaders who aren't taking the authority entrusted to them seriously. You see, uh, this is what I want you to notice. Uh, the first thing that Jesus does uh, before he does anything else, before he has compassion, before he gathers these people together, before he sends them out, the first thing that Jesus does is he simply sees these people. And again, it's, it's kind of simple and it's kind of obvious, uh, but I'm convinced that it's really important because when you're harassed, when you're helpless, it's so easy to wonder, does anyone see me? And does anyone notice what I'm going through? Jesus notices. So that's the first thing that Jesus does in today's reading. Uh, the second thing uh, that Jesus does in today's reading is that he has compassion. And, and once again, uh, there's some nuance to this word. Now, the word compassion comes from a word uh, that refers to the inner parts. Uh, the inner parts of us, uh, they get all twisted up in knots when we care about something. And the English word compassion uh, comes from a Latin word that means to suffer with. And it, it reminds us uh, that before Jesus suffers for us, you know, by going to the cross and dying for our sins, before Jesus suffers for us, he suffers with us. And this is the story of, uh, of his life and ministry, and he is fully human. And so everything that we experience, everything that we suffer, Jesus suffers. And yet what we learn about this man, uh, who's not just fully human but fully divine, is that when he sees those things, when he experiences those things, he cares about them. And he loves us. And so first, uh, Jesus sees. Second, he has compassion. Uh, Third, he gathers. And and the detail I want you to notice in Matthew's gospel is that uh, up until this point, uh, Jesus has all sorts of disciples. When he gives his Sermon on the Mount, he's got all sorts of disciples. But up until this point in Matthew's gospel, he doesn't have the 12 disciples. And that's when Matthew chapter 9 turns into Matthew chapter 10. And and Jesus calls the 12 disciples. And and what I want you to notice uh, about these men and the way that they're gathered, and it's the same thing that's true about us and the way that we're gathered, uh, they aren't just gathered to spend time together. They're gathered to be sent out. That's the fourth thing that we notice in today's reading. Uh, Jesus gathers some people, but he also sends uh, them out. And for these 12 men, it means something very specific, something that in a lot of ways is unique to them. They are sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Uh, They're sent uh, to minister and continue what Jesus has already started in and around the Sea of Galilee uh, and to proclaim the good news. You see, the good news before Jesus' death and resurrection is that God is with us. 
But now on this side of the resurrection, uh, the good news uh, looks and sounds a little different because the good news isn't just God is with us, but rather the same God has made us a part of his kingdom. You see, 2,000 years ago, uh, God did something in Jesus. He saw what our world was like. He saw what you are like. And he could have responded in all sorts of ways. I mean, he could have gotten angry. Or or he could have been apathetic. He could have just done nothing about it. But instead, he had compassion. And and so he sent his son to come and live among us. uh, Because he cares about us. And then he gathered us together. and, And he sends us out. And he gathers us together and sends us out because our God is on a mission. A mission to redeem and restore our broken, hurting, sinful world. And a mission to redeem and restore people like you and me. And so he gathers these people and he sends uh, them out. And these people, they begin to see. They begin to have compassion and they begin to gather and be sent out. And that story, that story continues all the way down to this morning, to a day like today, to a place like this. I know I said that uh, that Jesus uh, does four things in today's reading. He sees, he has compassion, he gathers, and he sends people out. You see, these uh, four things, they speak powerfully to us because uh, they mean that uh, no matter who you are, God sees you. He knows your need. And, and he has compassion. I mean, he, he cares about it. He suffers with you and he suffers for you and he gathers you into this community. And, and then he gives you a purpose. He sends you and he sends the people in this community out and it's incredibly powerful because the one who spoke the whole universe into existence. He loves you. And he makes you a part of his kingdom. You see, that's also the way that uh, that today's reading challenges us uh, because the God uh, who calls us to participate in his mission also uh, calls us to look at others the same way that he looks at us. You know, sometimes that's easy. Sometimes it's uh, so easy uh, to look at others and, and the love and the compassion, they just come flowing out. But other times, it's really challenging. And I don't have to tell you this, uh, but I really do think it is helpful to have uh, the reminder because sometimes it is really challenging. Because the people we encounter, uh, so often, they're just as sinful. And sometimes they're just as hostile to us as we once were to our God. And yet our Lord is uh, compassionate. He, he sees their need, and it's with that compassion, not anger, not apathy, that he sends us out. Uh, so that many more uh, might know the one who loves them, and the one who cares for them, and the one who gave his life so that people like you and me and they wouldn't have to. And so it's for this reason that God gathers us together. And it's for this reason uh, that God sends us out. But always remember that before he does, he is the one who sees us. And he's the one who loves us and cares for us. The one who shows us compassion. In the name of Jesus. Amen.